Can you hear it, listener? It's the wind in the trees. It sounds like a shitty M. Night Shyamalan movie. So strap in, grab a beer and a mood ring, and fight any self-destructive urges that may come over you for the next 90 minutes. This is happening. Hops and box office flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. and thank you for joining us on this week's episode of Hops and Box Office Flops presented by Wobam Entertainment. We are the number one bad movie and good beer podcast as rated by Killer Foliage. I, Chumpzilla, will be hosting tonight as we kick off our Hops and Pandemic Flop series by talking about one of my least favorite movies of all time. We're talking 2008's The Happening. I, I would I, just like to jump in and say... I don't know that it's one of your least favorite movies of all time. After having watched it for this stupid pod, I think it's all of our least fit. Share the hate. This movie sucks. I'm only speaking for myself, but yeah, this uh, is a, I made the mistake. Just full disclosure. When it came time to select our pandemic flops, this one was tossed out there by the thunderous wizard. And I jumped right on this grenade because I made the mistake of taking my wife to this movie on our first date. And both of us were just absolutely appalled at how bad it was. So this has been an inside joke with me and the spouse for quite a long time. This movie is so bad and I have to claim it as my first date movie, which is painful. But anyway, that's why personally, aside from the fact that it sucks, it is one of my least favorite movies uh, of all time. Yeah, this movie's bad, but do you guys like hot dogs? <laughs> I love Listen, hot dogs. They, they, they get they a bad rap. And a fun They're shape. a fun shape. <laughs> Let's just hear Marky Mark talk about the scientific theory some more. That, hey man, why, oh are they a, why are they a fun <laughs> shape? A fun for what? Hey, Marky Mark, um, I like phallic-shaped foods. Do you think the trees are doing this? Nah, it can't be the trees. <laughs> probably the trees. You like hot could dogs? could be the trees. So, it could probably I mean, maybe the trees. <laughs> in summation, because we have lived it, that during a murderous rampage pandemic, you're going to run into the weirdest of weird people. You got the hot dog guy and then the lady who lives in what is definitely a, an abandoned house with a doll. Yeah. <laughs> I did meet Marky Mark during the pandemic and he was like, come on, douchebag, talk to me about science. I'm like, listen, man. <laughs> <laughs> One thing at a time. Uh, Why can't uh, anyone just give me a second? Oh, jeez. Uh, so anyway, joining me on the episode tonight is our resident Deschanel expert. Which one's in this movie again, Captain Cash? Zoe? There are more than one. I just thought they were all Zoe. Now there's there's this one and there's the one in Bones. Yeah, there's the one that d- refuses to pay Spider-Man for the pizza. That's another Deschanel? That's her right, Dallas Howard? Yeah. No, I forget her, but she's a Deschanel. Yeah. The other, the other Deschanel, yeah, there's two of them. Uh, Are you sure it's not just one of them moving back and forth really fast? I think that's the Heisenberg principle and Brian Cranston's not in this movie. But anyway, um, we also have our resident Wahlberg expert on board. And uh, McCheese, which one's in this movie again? Uh, The immigrant hating one. 
No, no, no. See, that's McCheese, all of them. McCheese is not a Wahlberg expert. He's a Wahlburger. That's very expert. true. Uh, that's the difference. That's, that's the big got, distinction. Okay. We got one of them in Cleveland, so I can't say better at knowing the Wahlburgers than knowing the Wahlbergs. I'm just going to say it's not Donnie. Whatever one's in this one's not Donnie because it's not Duddits. But anyway, and finally, we have the president of the John Leguizamo fan club and hot dog enthusiast, the Thunderous Wizard. If I could wrap the entire pest opening, I would. Oh, please <laughs> <But> do. <laughs> Listen, I, I just want to say John Leguizamo gets a bad rap. He's a yeah. fun shape. I, He's got I, protein. Yes, he does. I, yes, I will, he does. I will just and he fits say in your mouth. That I'm ridiculous like a booger I stick to this. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and let's just get it out of the way now. Leguizamo, welcome back, buddy. Uh, he's the only person in this movie that appears to have maybe acted before. Yeah, no. he They kill him off so early for being the only one who looks like he's acting and yeah. not just confused or lost. <laughs> Say, we can't keep this guy around. He's making everybody else look bad. <laughs> yeah, he just tall poppy syndrome. Anyway, as always, you can find the pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and B.O. Flops. You can download us anywhere you find the finest podcasts. And don't forget to check us out on Wobam Entertainment at W-O-B-A-M-E-N-T on Twitter and Instagram for all your killer plant and pop culture content needs. So, folks, because this movie is not very good, that brings us to beer. And because this movie is so bad, it had to be paired with a decent beer. So I picked up a stovepipe here of Voodoo Ranger Juice Force IPA. And this is a very juicy, hazy Imperial IPA checking in with a Captain Cash approved 9.5% ABV. Now, I will say this. It is very fruit forward. Strong orange juice and pineapple notes. Maybe even a hint of peach or something else sweeter. I'm not really sure. My palate's not that refined. But I can tell you, it definitely buries the ABV with all that fruity goodness. So watch out. This will sneak up on you. Um, it's sweet. Just like an evil not... tree would. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Watch out for the grass monsters or whatever. But it's sweet, but not too sweet anyway. So it's easy on the palate. And as far as uh, Imperial IPAs go, I'm going to give this an easy drink and too bad movie rating. So, gentlemen, cheers. Is it as juicy as a fine ballpark, Frank? <laughs> You'd have it's to not... talk to that guy from the uh, Dr. Quinn Medicine moment about that. I'm not really sure. I did not What's that guy's that... name? Anybody know that guy's name? Uh, isn't he the guy that they... That he's not. Isn't he the guy that Chandler tells he has a long face like a Shetland pony in the whole ten yards? Is that the same guy? Same guy. Yep. He's in. He's in. He's in that too. Yeah. <laughs> but he's what's what was the what was the guy from um, Standing Tall from Hanging Tough? PT, That's Donnie Farnham. Farnham. So hang on. I'm taking a side here. What was the guy's name? You're thinking about Last Man Standing. That is uh, E.B. Farnham. E.B. Farnham, Farnham. but that's not the actor's name. That's the character character. he plays in Deadwood. Deadwood, yeah. But So this guy's basically E.B. Farnham of Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Oh, okay. That's his equivalent. I'm trying to make Uh, that joke. So Frank Collison? Yeah, he's he's the goofy the goofy uh, telegraph guy in that show. He's like the idiot that runs the mail (laughs) shot. I don't know. Leave that joke. It doesn't make sense. It's that's too no, much inside no. baseball. We gotta keep that in. 
Mm. <laughs> we got to keep it in simply so everyone knows you watch Dr. Quinn. My mom watched a lot. Of, she liked, what was the guy's, Sully, what was the guy's name with the, the hatchet? Again. Uh, the sexy another, guy with. None of us watched Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, so. <laughs> there, there was the Daniel Day-Lewis looking dude, whatever his name was. Pretty sure my mom had a crush on him. Okay, repressed memories. Moving on. <clears throat> Let's talk about the happening. Um, as far as the tail of the tape goes, this was your standard uh, M. Night Shyamalan affair. Um, this was his big follow-up to his first real stinker, 2006, The Lady in the Water. Uh, wasn't The Village also a stinker? It wasn't it, great, but it did it, okay. But it, it was negatively money. reviewed. It was, but it made money. Which is the twist in okay. Lady in the Water? I don't know if I've actually seen that one. Uh, the twist it was a is... <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was going to say it wasn't crying, actually water. But in water. I don't. I, I actually don't know. I've never seen it. Uh, it's as I it's will... bad. It is very bad. I watched it on a plane. So you said it was his worst movie last week, and so I was tempted to watch it and then recommend it, but I opted not to, and I chose a different M Night Shyamalan movie to recommend because I'm really not a big fan of his. So yeah, <laughs> listen. I... <laughs> Full disclosure: I had not seen The Happening before I made that statement. And I still oh, no. haven't seen The Last Airbender. So I feel less <laughs> confident that I can tell you which one is bad, which one is the worst, but can assuredly tell you they are all very bad. I think what we're missing out here is that we could have easily put together four Shyamalan movies and done a month, and then all of us oh, would have just completely sure. quit the pod forever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing his Wikipedia page has something very interesting about it. I'm just going to get this out of the way now because I wasn't going to bring it up, but it's a good time to mention it. He has two distinct tables on his Wikipedia page, one for the box office total uh, for all of his films. And I think that's pretty much because he personally likes to advertise the fact that he's made $3 billion or whatever with his movies. And then he has a second table where you see where they're all critically ranked and how they're ranked by the critics. And you know, it's kind of like, all right, you look at those numbers, the box office, you look at the critical stuff, and there's just a big donut hole in the middle of his, his movies. His first few did okay, and then there's just this mess in the middle. And then he did okay with Split, and he did okay with, uh, what was the fault of Split? Glass? The, glass. The, the visit was relatively well-received. Glass was yeah. not. Glass was a pretty big but, bomb, too. Made a, made a buttload of money on the budget, though. But, yeah, we'll get to that stuff later. But I just thought it was really interesting the way that his, uh, his uh, Wikipedia entry there was just so straight up, like, here's his numbers. There's his box office totals, and here's a table of his reviews. Like, that's, like, his entire resume, just bam, right there. You know, it wasn't like your standard filmography list. It was literally just two tables with the numbers. So I don't know. It, it, it is what it is. Uh, but anyway, it was his follow-up, like I said, to his first real big stumble, which was 2006, The Lady in the Water or whatever. I'm assuming that was just like the Shape of Water prequel, but I don't know. Anyway, um, he initially had trouble selling the spec script uh, for The Happening before taking some studio notes, reworking it, and then he eventually sold it to Fox and uh, Wahlberg signed on to Star. And apparently when he rewrote it, he wrote it with Markety Mark in mind. So I guess that was the plan all along. Yeah. So M. Knight also not super into science, apparently, <laughs> because he hired not. the least convincing science teacher. 
And it's funny because what? Wahlberg no. says that he, well, Wahlberg says he took the role predominantly because he thought it was interesting to play a science teacher versus a copper crook. Which yeah, I mean, he, he should have read a book. <laughs> Do you mean the only that? things he plays? <laughs> did, like, did he actually play a science teacher though? <laughs> yeah, sure, he he might have been somebody on a work release, as far as I could tell. <laughs> Like, I appreciate that as an actor, he's like, hey, this is a chance for me to do something different. But I feel like we also got a very clear glimpse of why he doesn't play something different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It was produced on a budget of roughly $60 million, depending on who you ask. And it managed to... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Those damn grass monsters again. Uh, But anyway... Uh, and it managed a decent box office return of just under $164 million. So it wasn't like a total financial loss, but it was hammered by critics and it came nowhere near replicating his sixth sense or sign success. And I'd like to point out, it currently holds a 17% on Rotten Tomatoes and has a 3.4 on Metacritic. And the user scores are inexplicably higher at 24% and 5.6 for reasons I will never understand. And I cannot condone those audience bumps on this one. I know a lot of times with genre pictures, you get a little bit of an audience bump, which makes sense. But no, really, this doesn't. This movie is a true stinker. To, to I, give you some perspective, listeners, it was pretty, I guess the writing was on the wall that this thing was going to get lambasted by critics. So he gave like a series of radio interviews before it came out. Like, hey, we just tried to make a really fun B movie. (laughs) I mean, look, if you watch this as a comedy, I can accept a 24%. So wait a minute. Are you saying if we treat this like friends and we give it a laugh track, it might work? It might work because it definitely doesn't work as a thriller. No, this, is, a, this no. is another time. This is another time you loop in the when those when everyone's off in themselves, you loop in Benny Hill music. <laughs> Especially as the people are jumping off the, jump, the construction off the work site. Yeah. Like that yeah. was all that like that's <laughs> unintentionally funny to begin with, but you oh. add some silly music to it, that's comedy gold, baby. What drives yeah, me uh, we're we're ahead of ourselves. Something. What drives me crazy there is that they all seemingly walk off a plank, which doesn't happen in buildings. <laughs> no one just sets up like three or four planks for people to dive off of, like they're on an old pirate ship. Oh yeah. Well, have you ever been in the midst of killer foliage? Yeah, Perhaps. maybe the maybe the plants made them do it. Perhaps. If you think about that. Yeah, Perhaps the tree worked overtime the night before. It sacrificed one of his brethren to make a plank. Yeah, it's super pissed that it was wood. All right, I'll allow it. Just telling you. Unseen scenes. Hashtag rewriting the happening. And as far as I know, there's only one deleted scene in this movie. Um, but anyway, we'll get to that later. Could have been the whole it movie. Was, yeah, that's it. <laughs> could have been the whole movie. Yeah. But no, it was rated R and it has, and I think this is. M. Night Shyamalan's only R-rated movie, and it has a runtime of 90 excruciating minutes, and you can find it streaming for free on HBO Max and for $3.99 on most other platforms, but uh, trust me, don't do it. Not even once. You could have knocked this thing out in 45. Easily. You could have hit all of the high notes and been done with it in 45 minutes. Maybe even less than that. Easy. If you want to piss off some trees, spend the paper on this movie. Don't do it. They'll Bam. come for you next. 
So, like I said before, this is your standard M. Night Shyamalan production through and through. He wrote, produced, directed, and played a small role in the film. Um, So this one is all on him. He could not get away from this. And I think that's part of the reason that even at the time and even retroactively, he's tried to play this off. Like, well, it was was supposed to be a B-movie camp. But he has admitted that he thought maybe my tone was a little uneven and maybe the actors didn't get it. I'm like, you think? (laughs) Regardless, Regardless of what you were trying for, I'm pretty sure whatever it was, the actors didn't get it. But anyway. Did not work (laughs) no so the cast for this thing is pretty small and what i guess we can call a homage to atomic era b movies it features mark remember when i blinded that guy Wahlberg as a dopey high school science teacher elliot moore we have zoe i don't even know which property brother i'm banging day chanel as his wife alma and we get john the violator leguizama as julian welcome back to the pod again luigi all right. Who's the only competent actor in this thing, as far as I can tell, except for the some of the supporting actors and which they're all some semi recognizable faces in those supporting roles. But I'm not going to bother listing them by name because no one cares. Well, yeah. I, 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 I do want to ask T-Dubs if he knew who the MP was. Uh, yes, there is two Roy brothers from Succession in this movie. Yes, there are. Yeah, <laughs> so, I saw that. Uh, obviously, Connor Roy the great Cameron from Ferris Bueller's day off. And, yeah. And then uh, the, the army guy and Kendall Roy. Yeah. Something yeah. strong is his name. Oh, cheese and, cheese, cheese, and crackers. And crackers. Yeah, cheese and crackers. What's going on here? <laughs> I'm from the 1940s and I don't fit this movie at all. Cheese and crackers. Foghorn leghorn shows up. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> we can't go this way or that way. Every way is a block. Butter my biscuits. What the fuck? Good Damn. golly, Miss Molly. A something is spreading and it's a spreading quick, sir. <laughs> Oh, it's so bad. It's it, it, so bad. Said, we're in Philadelphia. <laughs> uh, technically, at that point, they're outside of Philly. They're somewhere in oh, middle sure. PA, yeah. which is indistinguishable from Alabama. Yeah. Don't get your knickers in a bunch, yeah, okay. guys. We're in trouble. But Every time they point at a map, they point to upstate New York, but they're clearly outside of <laughs> Philly. This movie really should, should have just culminated with them going to like an Amish farm. And everyone just silently staring at each other. Yeah, oh, my God. How... It should have just turned into witness. Harrison no, Ford should have Yeah, up. and told Mark Wahlberg goes, I took the liberty of milking your cow. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a cow. Have I, have the, I, have the, I literally have the fix already. We're done with it. They wander into the woods, and they wander directly onto the set of the village. <laughs> oh, my God. That, yeah, that's a twist I'm, I'm here for. The Shyamalanaverse begins. Yeah, that really that ties up a bunch of uh, loose ends. That that's too good. Bruce Willis just follows them around after getting run over by the lawnmower. Like, wait a minute, you just died, but I'm back now. Shoot off. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, (sighs) this movie so hard to describe, (laughs) but IMDb describes it as follows: a science teacher his wife, and a young girl struggle to survive a plague that causes those infected to commit suicide. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, that's pretty much it, kind of, yeah. Yeah, I mean, okay. 
that's sort of the movie. There's there's a lot more the movie tries to give us, but at the end of the day, that's pretty much it. Yeah, it does. I I have a couple. My first was M Night Shyamalan returns with his most bold twist yet, convincing the world that Mark Wahlberg is a science teacher. (laughs) And then my second one is. M. Night Shyamalan strolls downstairs and wakes up, grabs the New York Times. He opens to the, he opens to the movie reviews section and just stares blankly and says, what the fuck is happening? Oh, not bad, T-Dubs. Not bad, T-Dubs. I kind of feel like if he said that, it'd be, it wouldn't be what the fuck is happening. It'd be, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> Got to get some of the Boston in it. Oh, Lord. Yeah. All right, McCheese, what do you got for us? Uh, I mean, I also have a couple. I mean, the first is after watching the happening for a second time, I also want to take a short walk off a construction site roof. And two, this is more of a uh, summertime trailer. I'm the ever quirky Zoe Deschanel. And in this movie, I don't understand what an affair entails. And I'm Marky Mark Wahlberg. And I'm playing a fucking science teacher. What? This summer... We're happening to see which one of us the audience can end up hating more. Brought to you by M. Night Shyamalan and Monsanto. (laughs) Who's that plague? It's the trees. (laughs) If you want to have a more anti-trees movie, we got it. (laughs) That's solid there, Richie's. I'm I'm impressed with that one. The Monsanto reference. Chef's kiss. This movie is pro-deforestation. You heard it. Oh, we gotta kill the plants before they summer. kill us. Yeah. Just yeah, Agent Orange, all these bitches. All right, what do you got for us there, Captain Cash? What's your one liner? Can you kill yourself with all the colors <laughs> of the wind? Is that a sound and music reference. That was a Pocahontas was reference. A Pocahontas oh, but good guess. Yeah, that's gonna come up later. I, I had to get the sound of music in there. Okay. Have you ever heard Mark Wahlberg <laughs> cry to the blue corn moon? <laughs> Nobody. He just needs a second. I just need a second. I just need to think. Think. I gotta. Why won't everyone give me a bag. second? <laughs> like it is so unintentionally hilarious. It's yeah. Again, needs that friend's sound tr- or the friend's laugh track behind it to just to emphasize the humor. Uh, oh, anyway, so here's my one-liner. Uh, the Happening is the first movie I've ever seen that could be drastically improved by replacing 100% of the dialogue with fart noises. 100%. I'm not entirely convinced I didn't hear fart noises every time they spoke. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I don't think it would have hurt anything. But C- Certainly all of Zoe Deschanel's <laughs> lines could be thrown away for fart noises. <laughs> yep. Mark Wahlberg's too. Come on, let's be fair. The only part they need to keep, the only part they need to keep is where Wahlberger in earnest talks to the plant and then realizes it's a fake plant. (laughs) Spoilers, spoilers. That's the big spoiler there, McCheese. Way to ruin it for the listener. Yes, the plant that Wahlberg talks to in the abandoned house is fake. I don't, cheese, McCheese, come on. I don't know if you guys found this in your research, but. That's method acting. That was Mark Wahlberg rehearsing and then actually realizing that it was a fake plant. I, I was just doing it and, and M. Night turned the camera on and we just made fucking magic. Fucking magic. magic. All right, so let's let's get to the plot of this mess just to get it over with. Um, <laughs> I think we've already pretty much covered it. <laughs> Wait, there's, yeah. a, there's a plot? 
Kind of. So the movie opens with a suspected bioterrorism attack that strikes the eastern seaboard of the U.S. Uh, people become entranced and begin to commit mass suicide, sometimes in very creative fashions, as we've indicated. And we follow the story of a school teacher, his wife, his teacher friend, and that friend's daughter as they attempt to flee the strange happening. Uh, it's kind of like a proto The Walking Dead, but instead of zombies, they're replaced with like suicidal urges or something. And they eventually theorize that the plants are releasing a toxin, which is causing the suicides, and that the plants are targeting large groups of people because of global warming or honeybees or something. It's never really clear. Here's the problem. In the first and second scene, Mark Wahlberg asked people what is going on with honeybees. And the dumbest kid in the class says, I don't know. It's an act of nature. Just it just happens. And that's the same thing this movie ends with. <laughs> that's the exciting incident. Now, the, don't the, sell that. The, the Mimbo is just like, I don't know. Shit happens. Don't sell that scene short, Captain Cash, because first he belittles him and says, like, hey, good looks won't get you through life. And by the way, you're going to be ugly in 10 years. Listen, the audacity that they gave fucking Marky Mark the line, good looks won't get you through life, is an insult to the entire audience. And as he said that line, Donnie Wahlberg was on set like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Mark. Yeah. <laughs> Just sharpening a knife off screen. That's right, Mark. That's right. Well, and again, it sets up this concept that the bees might have something to do with it. Yeah, don't worry, that never comes back. But anyway, it's not the bees. It's not, not the, the bees. bees. Eventually, the happening just stops. Hold on, wait, and... I need to go back. I need to go back real quick because it just pops in my head. Is Marky Mark not the Steve Buscemi, hey, you kids, skateboard teacher? <laughs> Hello, my fellow Pretty children. I am yeah. also. <laughs> Have you read this article about the bees, guys? Let's talk about it. Let's wrap. Take an interest in science. He was every dipshit who reads something on Facebook. He's like, I don't know. Did you hear about this? It's like, what are, what are you talking about, moron? Yeah, these high Can school we just talk kids. talk about how he sneaks up on the vice principal like a weirdo? Because he's the cool teacher. He's the cool guy. Hey. That lady's like, yeah, step out in the hall. You're fired, asshole. You're a weirdo. But yeah, let's just, I mean, just get through this plot so we can make fun of this movie some more. So like I said, this happening here, it just stops. And then our characters see a news uh, uh, story that says that, hey, maybe this happening is just a regional event that might lead to a larger global event. And then there's this whole love angle between Wahlberg's character and Deschanel's character. I mean, they're married, but they're on the rocks or something. I don't know. I'm just going to <clears throat> completely ignore it, as the movie does for long stretches, and mostly because nobody cares. So just forget that. And then the film ends with a scene set three months later of people being happened in France. <laughs> then that's the happening. You know what they call the happening in France? The happening. Chocolate bleu. Of course. So I know T-Dub likes really good writing. And probably one of my favorite lines when they stumble upon the random old woman living in the not so decrepit, decrepit house. <laughs> I think maybe the second thing she says to Marky Mark is, why I and my lemon drink? <laughs> oh my God. 
<laughs> oh my god! I, I just assume that's where Zach Sander got the the the, the, the Granny's peach tea from. Yeah. I, can we not? Can, can we not? Uh, I rarely like get super worked up when we're watching movies for the podcast and and text furiously. At least every three minutes, I was texting like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> I was so mad. The angry old lady. I just. You're gonna steal so something. It's you're gonna kill movie. me in my sleep. You stepped into a different movie for the last fifteen yes. minutes. There. Yeah. Stop sniffing my panties, Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna steal something, aren't you? Yeah. Like, listen, I, I realize we're running for our lives, but this lady is definitely gonna kill us. We should go. She was <laughs> Chaz Palminteri from A Night of the Roxbury. Did you just grab my ass. I'm all the way over here, sir. That's physically impossible. She was going straight like misery on him. It was weird. We haven't I even give touched this movie a positive review if she broke his feet with a sledgehammer. We haven't. We've glossed over the audacity that a lot of this movie circles around a fucking mood ring that they don't even understand what it does or doesn't do. And, and he brings it up randomly. <laughs> the, the best part is we're talking about the mood ring. We find out in the end why it's important. So it sort of has a payoff. But at one point, he hands it to a random teenage boy. And he's like, hey, give that back. It's important. I'm like, then why did you give it to the random teenage boy? <laughs> because he literally said, it's got special meaning to me. <laughs> Just to ask for it back. There's a whole love <laughs> angle here that we're supposed to care about that I, I don't. Is this a so sequel to My was... Girl? Is that the mood ring that Macaulay Culkin went looking for and then died what? because of the bees? So then Mark Wahlberg and a fit of the rage bee, the bees disappeared. The bees? The, beers, yeah. the, the bees disappeared and, and then Mark Wahlberg took over. Yeah. Also, when you were mentioning that the quote unquote chemistry, if they're supposed to be married between Marky Mark, no chemistry and, here. No. no. It's basically like like watching two awkward people go on a second date for 90 minutes. There's no bond yeah. between these ions. You know <laughs> and the whole thing is that Zoe Deschanel has apparently been trying to cheat on him by having dessert with somebody else. So it's like, I don't, please. What, what was that? Why was Illicit that tiramisu is what it was. She, oh. she was. She's clearly thinking about cheating on her husband, but she's acting like, Ah, uh, you know, I'm just kind of moody. Like, no, you went on a date, lady. You're yeah, married. No. You just straight up went on a date. Like, we went, we went and had dessert. Stepped out on your husband because we don't know why. Well, probably because all he talks about is the bees. bees. Yeah, and the <laughs> bees. scientific scientific method where he does it. It's not the really field. the scientific method, but it's close. Well, I mean, it's, it's it works. It's something. I don't know. <laughs> oh God, this movie. It just it's don't watch it, people. Don't watch it. It's not. It's not worth it. It's it's, it's not even uh, worth it's making bad for your brain. It hurts your brain. Like we watch a certain amount of B movies that are fun to like drink with your buddies and pick B on movies this, like yeah. B E E movies. Like honey, like honey the B movie. Uh, the B, if like you the B motherfuckers make me watch the B movie any more times than my children have already had, I'm gonna oh, happening geez. myself. <laughs> Get excited! I haven't picked my movie for this month. I'm gonna go outside the parameters of the pandemic format and pick the B movie just for you. The B movie. I mean, What's the deal with pollen? Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my wings are tight. And cross-species relationships, but whatever. Hey, so let's give this movie our uh, beer rankings. I'm going to go first. I don't uh, think we need this... to. I think we're all in the same boat here. 
as well, much alcohol as you can put in your body. Yeah, I don't yeah, give a shit you guys... how short this movie is. I'm drinking the whole six pack. Yeah, <laughs> this is a straight sixer. Um, yeah, even at the brief 90 minutes, I, I believe it's going to be unanimous. You will need all six pain beers to get through this. It feels it feels like two and a half hours long. That's how it drags. It drags yeah. so and like. I'm like, all right, we got it. When they get to the field, when they get out of the car and they get to the, the field and then just nothing with them in grass. No, no, we, I don't they, know how long. I lost all sense of time and space. It's just, you're in the field with them. I'll give them some credit. It was immersive in that regard. You're like, how long is this fucking movie? How long have we been wandering in this grass? Where are we going? What's going on? What are we doing? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I knew it was going to be bad when they, they, they ran into the MP and then all of a sudden every single lane of the same road was filled with cars like, we're also here. What's happening? Like, we <laughs> yeah. fucking got it. The trees are killing you. Yeah. <laughs> time is a flat circle. And this, <laughs> this movie will make your brain bleed. <laughs> like, time is a flat circle. This is the biggest fucking circle ever. It, just, it just never ends. No, it does. And, and, and then it just ends. And then it ends. And, yeah, and then it literally just ends. I mean, we mentioned it. I don't know if we mentioned it before. We started the pod or early in the pod, but I would have 100% liked this movie to be compressed to 30 minutes and then give me an hour of the trees coming to life and actually murdering people. Murdering people. <laughs> if, if this movie turned into a series of trees uprooting themselves and just massacring Mark Wahlberg and his, his minions... I'd give it seven and a half stars out of a possible five. <laughs> we kind of get that. We kind of glossed over the child murder in this movie. Yeah, but you, you can't lay that on the feet of the trees. That's just some crazy PA backwoods murderers. Oh, I'm just saying as far as the movie goes, we definitely do get some just wanton some destruction. Just child murder. <laughs> there is, there some, is, a, there is wanton. some wanton destruction. But there's and, also, uh, it's also like the most poorly written scene possible. It's, like the kids it's so like, bad. Open up, you bitch! And Mark Wahlberg's like, "Hey, please stop! Please calm down!" Hey, come on, guys! Whatever, bitch. Hey, what don't being do that! Like, like, are you guys in the same movie? Because you don't appear to be in the same movie. Mark, walk over there and give the kid a hug. Like, calm yeah, they, him down. They somehow fell backwards into the teenager. I cannot be hurt because I'm in a movie theory of horror movies. And the guy's like, "I got a shotgun, dude. We're in the sticks." <laughs> oh, it's brutal. That was very to me. That was uh, very uh, Night of the Living Dead there yeah you know there's a little little shock value with, with with the murders okay we've covered the plot and we've given this movie our unanimous six beer rating so let's take a break here and hear a message from our plant toxin huffing pals over at the hot nation usa podcast we'll see you on the flip side Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrew. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by Wobam Entertainment. We're still talking about the crappening, and I've got some questions for the panel to go along with our general impressions of the film. Uh, first off, guys, this is probably the dumbest question I've got, but I got to ask it. Do y'all have a favorite kill? I mean, it's got to be the lawnmower guy. I mean, right? lawnmower is pretty up there, but for comedy value alone... <laughs> It is the first three minutes of people just jumping off the building. Mm. 
mean, it was pretty. Uh, I mean, if this, you know, if if they did the movie better, where she stabs herself in the neck with her own hair thing, that was okay. Okay, how come that, that was, did not go in her ear? That should have gone in her ear. That's like, pretty that bad. Was a to- uh, that's a big miss. I think he does get the most out of the R rating, but I would say if we're going to go from a comedy standpoint, it's Mark Wahlberg just cowering in the kitchen as the crazy old bitch just starts headbutting windows. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little she, intense. That was a little piece, intense. She does get a piece of glass stuck in her eye and then keeps going, so. Mm-hmm. What about the lion guy? Can we talk about the lion guy who like feeds his oh, arms to the lion? That one sucked. <laughs> it looked it, bad. It, it looked, looked video bad. game bad. Yeah. yeah. Plus, you're you're like you're laying your suicide at the feet of the lion. It's not the lion's fault. Yeah, he's gonna lion. Honestly, yeah, dude, lion's hungry. Also, he's your fucking indentured servant. He should eat your ass if you're gonna walk in there like a jagoff. Like, yeah. <laughs> sorry, buddy. See you later. You know, I hate to say it, but this is a very post 9-11 movie because you've got like the people like fearing at the terrorist attack and some of the reactions and like, the media angle of it. But mm. I also think that the people jumping off the tops of buildings that, and the horror, the yeah. horror of the bystanders, very, very post 9-11. I'm not I'm not saying it's bad or good, but it's like that hits different because well, you're like, ah, there's a time and a place where that it's like, oh, we kind of saw that in real time before. It's certainly bad because this movie's just not good. So yeah, I mean, and it's not yeah. handling these things in a tasteful way or like a, it's not using like a heavy hand to like measure what is happening here. It is like it's a shittily written movie, which is I guess why he then said, oh, it's like a B movie, you know? Hey, but this movie sucks. Like it's just not good. So yeah, I, I like how his thing is like, hey, I meant this thing to be campier. <laughs> I'm like, so do you think that was the problem? It wasn't funny enough with all the murdering and whatnot? Okay. But uh, yeah, anyway. So I mentioned earlier, I used this as a first date movie at the time because I was aware of his reputation with The Sixth Sense and Signs. Um, You know, I assume this movie would have a big twist, that this movie would shock you and give you like an oh my God kind of thing. But it really doesn't. It's more like a slow burn that you kind of understand as you go along and then it just kind of ends, right? So how disappointing is that lack of a true twist or shock moment? I mean, Shyamalan built his brand on the twist, right? I mean, he had it in Sixth Sense, then he had it in Unbreakable, and it was there in the village, and it's Kind of there in Lady in the Water. It was a shock. It was a shock moment. It wasn't a twist, but it was still like a surprise. Like, yeah, I guess there there, there was still that like, oh my gosh, yeah. The movie pivots. There's a pivot. What do you want to call it? Twist. What do you want to call it? There's a pivot. This movie has no pivot. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, I feel like you know, like I said, I'm not a big fan of his, and it's not that I don't think he's he's made decent movies that he's a, a capable filmmaker because i i do think split is good signs is okay and it's fine uh, i i just think like this is a movie that he wrote seemingly in a time where his career was at a low point and maybe it would have just been best to shelve it like because it's it, it doesn't say anything very well or effectively it doesn't do anything well or effectively it's a concept with no ending 
So well, and, it doesn't really end. That's the yeah. thing. And, and, to, to, and, to and I get that. that. I guess that's, that's, that's the, the twist. Yeah. Like, hey, by the way, this will never end. And but the movie's the just not very gonna good. Us. So yeah, I mean, ultimately, the the problem is not that it doesn't have a twist. It's not even that the twist or the 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 weird thing is it just happened one day out of the blue. It's that you get no clear sense of the threat at all. Like it's weirdly localized. It's weirdly localized. There's no direct indicator why a person has been infected, how they're being infected. Like you just, they suddenly just stop moving and then they kill themselves. And it just, as soon as they stop moving, like, Oh, well you're about to die. So I guess we're not, Oh, I hope I don't get it. Which is it's, it's totally ridiculous. It makes no sense. It's not scientific in the least bit. Well, I mean, neither are zombies, but. But it doesn't yeah, but follow its like, own internal rules, though. I mean, but these, there's like, a progression like, to zombies. Rules, you know, yeah. like there's zombies a, have rules. Yeah. yeah, there's a progression to zombies. There's no progression to this. Yeah. So, like, there's never a sense of fear or tension. Well, it's it's the it's the fear of the unknown because like, the movie like, decides when something needs to happen. Yeah, the way I look at this is there's two ways to do a movie like this. And this movie doesn't do either one of those. One, you make it a giant World War Z type. It's it's a zombie movie and it's happening everywhere and everything's mm. screwed and the scale is massive and you're you're, it's, you're trying to figure things out and, and that's that's the threat. Or it's a very hyper, it's a small movie. It's just, it's happening like in the village, you know, it's just happening in this small area. Something has happened. It's affecting just us. It's claustrophobic. This movie doesn't pick one of those lanes or the other it's like an open world mess where they're just kind of wandering around and some people get infected and some people don't it doesn't really you never really know and i get that in theory that would add tension that it's again it's the fear of the unknown but as far as like a narrative movie it's just like why do i even care if i can't tell it feels at random is the problem Exactly. How am I supposed to weight any situation versus another if it's all just a crapshoot? That's what's yes, tough. It's about yeah. building stakes. This movie does a really bad job of building stakes. And the stakes that they try to build in the very end is just the fact that, like, oh, I don't want to die apart from you. <laughs> you know, he was like, I don't want to die away from you. We, we will probably die because we don't know what's going to happen because it's random. But it would really suck if we died across the yard from each other. So it's walk across the meadow to reunite that's the tension this entire movie builds up to that doesn't pay off because those two people definitely don't fuck well they don't that's have one thing we've figured out this yeah. entire time exactly so it like, reminds me of a very recent movie i just saw about people with no <laughs> chemistry <laughs> no come on they have they at least have a hint of chemistry versus what we saw in the happening which is they don't appear to know each other Zoe Deschanel is clearly banging the tiramisu guy. She just hasn't pulled work uh, yet. By the way, listeners, that's M. Night Shyamalan, is tiramisu guy, Joey. Who's Joey? Oh, nobody. Don't worry about it. Friend from work. Why'd you Uh, save his number, you fucking asshole? This movie sucks. (laughs) It's pretty stupid. And it's funny. It's funny because. Like the whole thing is like they clearly had a fight about something, but we don't see it. And that is the deleted scene. There is a scene of them having an argument, but that's the, the, the deleted scene. It was going to be the opening of the film. 
with it. Yeah, kind of, I don't. I don't need any more. Any. There's no scene. There's no deleted scene that's going to make this any better. I just like the fact. Did you guys catch it? This is probably like the best worst part of the movie. Uh, John Leguizamo's character, when he's Julian, when he's talking to Wahlberg's character, he's like, "Hey, man, I saw her on your wedding day, and she was crying because she wasn't sure." And it's like he's like, you know, dude, like, come on, no, she just needs, she just needs to get some stuff figured out and like figure out how to bang the tiramisu guy because that seems like what she's working on. Uh, but anyway, and and he's like, yeah, I don't think she was sure about you know getting married to you. So then, when the group gets separated and Leguizamo's character goes to find his wife, he tells De Chanel's character, "Don't take my daughter's hand unless you mean it." Did you guys get that? Yes, of course. She's because she's, he's, he's calling only... her out saying, like, "You, you took my friend's hand in marriage, but I'm not sure you meant it. So don't take my daughter's hand unless you mean it." And none and of it like, means anything. None, none of it means, means anything. anything. It's such a weird thing because he's so convinced that she's doing something strange, but he has no reason to suspect that except for that's what M Night Shyamalan wrote. <laughs> except that she was crying on her wedding day, which that happens. I mean, so was I. I mean, who doesn't zip their dick in their tux? It happens. You definitely cried on your first date because you were watching this. (laughs) Jesus, yeah. But I just, I just thought that was so heavy-handed. I'm like, Jesus Christ, M Night. Like, did you really write that? It was our wedding day. We were getting married. Purpose. Brutal. Um, Yeah. So again, we've we've hinted at this. Is anybody here buying this whole, oh, I meant it to be a B movie? Nope. Like revisionist history? Because there's some reviewers that even say, hey, looking back on this, this is actually an excellent piece of B movie cinema. No, no, it's, no not. it's not. No, this is no. bad. No. This, I've seen it twice okay. now. <laughs> this is bad. It deserves to be his second worst reviewed movie. I think it's not as poorly reviewed as uh, Avatar. Avatar. Which is, yeah. Oh, boy. That is a thing that is there that is it's that is a oof, thing. yeah that's a thing this yeah is, it's just not a good movie and it's not as i said he's perfectly competent filmmaker he's made some good movies this is travesty it's terrible it's it's amazing that it's 90 minutes long i think mccheese said it best this could have been 45 minutes and still hit everything it needed to hit and if you didn't know that the trees were doing it at about the 26 minute mark then m night's got your hook line and sinker at the point mm. at which hot dog guy goes, I think it's the trees. I'm like, you know what? That's the most plausible thing I've heard so far. Yep, it's the trees. Well, and, and the other thing is, is that there's no other plausible explanation presented in the film. Everything is focused on terrorists and or the terrorists. Trees. But there, but there's no explanation, and it's no, quick, not at all. The, the, and the movie quickly dismisses the terrorists. Oh, we don't think it's terrorists. So the movie literally gets rid of the only competing theory and all you're left is like with the science teacher and tree guy. It's like, well, well, I guess that's it then. So where's the twist? I'm still waiting for the twist. There was no twist. Um, Did you guys find any part of this movie enjoyable? Nope, none. Let's move on. (laughs) I mean, again, uh, Leguizamo was competent in this. I don't know that I enjoyed him. No, it wasn't a great part, but he was a good actor. He he seemed to be a human being. Uh, yes, I did find any time Marky Mark is talking to himself and or plants to be unintentionally hilarious. 
<laughs> so, I mean, maybe yeah, that. Okay. Sure. No, I, I still like the guy that lays down under the lawnmower. I'm like, that. that's good. But I will say there is one thing, and I think you guys might agree with me here, because I'm a big fan of The Mist, mostly because of the ending, because it's so bleak and nihilistic. And I'm like, I did not see that coming. The first time I saw that, I, I'm, still, I'm still shocked, shocked by that. This movie does have some pretty bleak and nihilistic uh, shots in it. One is, is all the uh, uh, yard yard worker guys, the landscaping guys hanging from the trees. Yeah. I that thought they just looked like fruit. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I enjoyed that. That was a good visual. It was a little it was a little weird and shocking. Okay, but not great. But it was like, okay, no, B movie, that works, B movie. But the people picking up the guns and shooting themselves sequentially, I liked that. That was unsettling. It it was atmospheric as they're having a conversation. They can hear the other group of people shooting themselves. It built tension. That got that got weird and awkward enough there for a second. I'm like, oh, hey, this movie almost has something. Because yes, but that's why this movie sucks because it doesn't that's it. take it the doesn't lead do anything with it. In the end, I'll give him credit. That was cool. Like in a better movie, that would have been really interesting. like the end of this movie should be them walking outside, embracing, as if they like they're in love, and then immediately you see their walking eyes go backwards. blank, and then they walk backwards. This movie has no guts whatsoever to give what? it that happy ending is such a cowardice bullshit. Well, it's not a happy ending because the whole yes, world it is. she's pregnant but the world's ending because it happened no, in france no because it's an isolated thing it's just happening in france now well no but they're indicating that it could that, that was the first spot in the rat i mean but it never I advanced take, past new england so right like, but, I, but i take that as the that being the next phase I, this, but this, no, but to your point, if it, had, if it had nothing. if it had ball if it had balls, they would have walked out there. They would have been happier for a second, like you said. And the twist would have been they back away from each other. There you go. Claw out their own throats. Yeah. But no, but I do like the unsettling the unsettling thing of, of, of the people shooting themselves in the field because because the best part is the movie sets that up because you see it in the uh, you see it in Philly when the cop shoots himself and everybody picks up the cop's gun. And then you get it again out in the field with the army guy. I'm like, yeah, that seemed that seemed kind of screwed up. It really, for a moment there, the movie got intense. Then it all falls to shit. As the army so anyway. guy kills himself and goes, cheese and crackers. Coronation. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know. So we've been debating this before we got on the pod tonight in our, in our little uh, text uh, chain here. Uh, you know, our current shit movie champion. Uh, is Ed. They hold the belt. Um, and that movie was pretty bad. Not going to lie. But uh, do we think we have a contender tonight? Is the happening worse than Ed? Yes. I'll give you two reasons, and they're the only real reasons that matter. Costs okay. way more. And M. Night yep. Shyamalan was once nominated for Best Picture. <laughs> Okay, that's fair. Uh, Captain Cash, do you have an opinion? I did not see Ed. I managed to thankfully avoid that because I had other adult responsibilities. That was your pick, though, you son of a bitch. I uh, listen. Sometimes uh, I get it. I have to do stuff. Unless uh, fair, unless fair. we want to create a Patreon and you six listeners want to pay me to do this, I occasionally have to do my actual job. But even having not seen the gorilla plays baseball movie 
I, at no point do I think the Gorilla Plays baseball movie had the pretensions that this movie did. Yeah. Like I know, oh, it's a B movie. No, it wasn't. Mm-mm. You you tried to make 60 this million scary. Dollars, it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So yeah, no, I, I feel confident. Even having not seen Ed, this is worse. And for sixty million dollars, where did that money go? That's really what I would. So like much know. money. Yeah, I had a lot of big exterior shots with the tons of extras killing themselves. Um, Grass. I mean, you have it in your notes here. If I was, if someone said you have to pick one of these, rewatch Ed or rewatch The Happening, I'm rewatching Ed. Ed's a kids movie, and it's hard. It's a kids movie. It's enjoyable. It's stupid. Yeah. This, this is just. I don't even know what this is. It is it is frequently brought up as maybe one of the worst movies ever released. It legitimately gets that like people talk about it in that sense. And I don't buy any of this like, you know, retroactive, uh, you know, uh, reviews or these this retrospective or like, oh, if you you look at it through the lens of a B movie. No, because there's not enough exploitation. Yes, there are some R rated kills, but even those are. It's like the most milk toast of R-rated kills. Like this is not RoboCop. These are not, not RoboCop kills. You're not spending sixty mil on a B movie. I, I, I just well, have to imagine a lot of that money went straight to M Night Shyamalan's pocket. Now I'll be honest with you. I, I bet you he he's like, hey, I'm writing this thing, I'm directing, it, I'm producing it. Like he probably said, this is this is a money grab for me. We're gonna crank this thing out. He was well, probably hoping to make two hundred and fifty million, and nobody would ask any questions. But here's uh, here's what happened. Mark Wahlberg. Because not only is he a scientist in this movie, but he's very good at math. <laughs> well, no, no, no. That's John Leguizamo. John Leguizamo is the math guy. Said, I want one and a half times my usual rate, which is 10 million. So he settled for 12. <laughs> <laughs> Without any strong dissents here, I think we've just crowned or belted, that is, the happening as our shit movie champion. Is that a unanimous decision? Hard yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Wow. I'm just glad I could bring this to the table, guys. I'm I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we got this. I think I'm. You know, I've, I've got a couple under my belt now between this and Stuart saves his family. Yeah. How about you but, kindly uh, go fuck yourself for making us watch this? You say stop. Stop putting me through this kind of pain. <laughs> I'm beginning to wonder whether you're my friend or not. I'd still rather watch Stuart save his family than this again. Well, that's that's saying something. Uh, there's not even a monkey in that one. Uh, anyway, well, all right, listener, we need to take a break here and freshen up our brews before we find our way to the competitive portion of the pod. Up next is the Crappening Trivia Challenge. But first, here's a message from our Wobam Entertainment mood ring wearing brothers from another mother at the Double Turn Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Boss Ross. And I'm the J-Man, and we're the Double Turn Podcast. Every Friday, we bring you the best in pro wrestling talk. Whether it's previews and reviews on pay-per-view events, discussing the hottest topics in pro wrestling, or bringing you a look back to some of the best matches and moments in history. We have it all for you. So check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the Anchor app. And you can also give us a follow on Instagram at the Double Turn Podcast. And we will catch you on the flip side. Welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by Wobam Entertainment. We've been talking about 2008's The Happening, and now it's time for the Crappening Trivia Challenge. All right, tonight, gentlemen, we've got the standard format. Five questions. 
multiple choice. And tonight, you'll be playing for Zoe Deschanel's Motorola Razor with all those missed calls from Joey. Tonight's chime-ins are Be Scientific, Douchebag. I think that's the only one we need. Be Scientific, (laughs) Douchebag. I'll also give you a completely superfluous bottle of cough syrup. I'm going with the... Of the why are you staring at my lemon drink? <laughs> that that would also be good. What? Yeah, no. Can, can we also get are, Mark Wahlberg? My lemon drink, boy. What? No. <laughs> we just had tiramisu. Stop calling me. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. So that brings us to question number one. Somehow the happening is not M. Night Shyamalan's biggest financial flop. Which of his films is his biggest financial bomb? Is it A, After Earth, B, The Village, C, The Last Airbender, or D, Lady in the Water? Be scientific, douchebag. Captain Cash. Airbender? That is incorrect. Ooh. I heart Huckabees. Oh, geez. Thunderous Wizard. It's after yours. it's it's after Earth, isn't it? It's uh, the, you know what the financials for After Earth and The Last Airbender are very similar, but they both came close to doubling their budgets. So, so I have. I'm the sorry, you have two options here, Mayor McCheese. You've got two options. Yep, you've got B, The Village, or D, Lady in the Water. I'll go with The Village. Mm, no, the village, I think, again, close to doubling its budget. The lady in the water huh. made wow. $73 million wow. on a budget wow. of 70 Can we just for a minute reflect on the fact that Will Smith's name in After Earth is Cypher Rage? I No, I don't <laughs> want to reflect on any more of the works of M. Night Shyamalan than I absolutely have to. Pretty sure, isn't that, isn't, isn't that a character from like a Virtue Fighter? Seems like it, yeah. I mean, the name sounds matters. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, isn't that the character that's uh, based on uh, Dennis Rodman's character from Double Team? That sounds completely reasonable. But anyway, yeah. all right. Well, that is goose eggs across the board, gentlemen. Let's try a little harder here on question number two. Spencer Breslin, yes, it's Abigail's older brother, plays the kid who gets blasted in the chest with a shotgun. Um, but his big break came in a film starring a fellow M. Night Shyamalan alumnus. Who was it? Was it A, Joaquin Phoenix, B, Bryce Dallas Howard, C, Bruce Willis, or D, Samuel L. Jackson? Do science douchebag or whatever that is. <laughs> the Thunderous Wizard. It's Bruce Willis. It's the kid. Disney was the kid. in the kid. That is correct. Wow. Oh no. He's a young Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. What? Fun fact here on the Disney side of things, you can actually stream the happening on Disney Plus in the UK. Oh no, for oh, other yeah. reasons. <laughs> I don't know why, but I know let's, that. Let's all you move shouldn't. to the UK. <laughs> Yay. Well, I mean, all right. I'm, uh, I'm down for that. For the record. Hello, Ma- Gunna. Mayor McCheese and I rented the kid from Blockbuster. So. <laughs> wow. That's how I know. Wow. That what is wow. what else was this poor child in? Uh, the Cat in the Hat with Mike Myers. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, Christ. no. 
That might be the next ship movie champion. He's in the Santa he's, Claus three. Yeah, he's and in that. two. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Yeah, my, my 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 kids, both my kids, my middle and youngest child, love the Cat in the Hat movie, and I don't know why. Yeah, uh, hold on, we screwed up in a major fashion. Ed isn't the ship movie champion. The ship movie champions that Home Alone movie we did. Oh, but did that win too? Because this that, is still that worse. Beat, that beat Ed, and in my mind, <laughs> okay. I don't know if I'd rather want to rewatch The Happening or Home Sweet Home Alone. Well, since I've had to watch Home Sweet Home Alone again, why? Because my kids why? think it's funny. Oh, my God. I'm still picking this. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I always think it's Ed. Yeah, I mean, I'm just wrong. I don't know, whatever. That was my movie too. That's my fault, Mayor Machine. You are the all devil. <laughs> You're the God. devil. Now, Home Sweet Home. <laughs> holy hell, Home Sweet Home Alone could not I, I, have been I worse. I blocked that out of my memory. I forgot that was even. It's barely a movie. Uh, damn, I missed that right, one well, too. So that works out for me either way. I, I yeah, see, another... Captain Cash, you son of a bitch. All right, wait. Regardless, that's two questions in, and we've got one point for the Thunderous Wizard. And we're now at question number three. What was the title of this movie's original spec script? <laughs> was it A, fart noises? No. Was yeah, it fart a, noises for 90 minutes. Was it A, the green effect? Was it B, grass? Was it C, the killing field? Or D, airborne? Ponytails, Wahlbergs. <laughs> Thunderous Wizard. It's the green effect. It was, in fact, the green effect, which I, you know, I mean, it's not the worst title, but it kind of gives it away. It sort of sounds like the book that you would base the movie on. It's the Michael Craig version of, yeah. 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 Yeah, Fair enough. I like that. Okay. Well, that's a relatively commanding lead here for you, T-Dubs. You got two points as we head into question number four. And this is a fun one. the townhomes featured at the end of this film, as you see Mark Wahlberg getting the kid on the bus, uh, also appear in another Philly slash Pennsylvania based film. Uh, which movie is it? Is it A, Striking Distance, <laughs> B, Rocky, C, Trading Places, or D, Silver Linings Playbook? Ponytails, Wahlbergs. T-dubs, that's you gonna, again. I got to say the Silver Linings Playbook. I was hoping it was going to be Shazam. Uh, that would have been a good pick too, but no, it is not the Silver Linings Playbook. Oh, also uh, for the record, I hate that movie. I'm going to so, shoot. Please, McCheese, <laughs> what have you? I'll go see. You know, trading it. Places. That is also incorrect. I am sorry. Ooh. I'm going to take cash. It's got to be Rocky. It can't be striking distance. That was Pittsburgh. Rocky. Well, I, yeah, it is, it is Rocky. I did okay. slash Pennsylvania, but yeah, I just wanted to get striking distance in, in there as an inside joke, but no, you're correct. It is Rocky. Those are the townhomes that I think we are shown to see Rocky and uh, Adrian living in. Adrian. So, Adrian. Listen, I, I so. will watch striking distance two or three more times. Before I ever try to watch the happening again, I would agree. Adrian, stay away from the trees. (laughs) (laughs) Stay ahead of the wind. All right. So we now have 
Uh, it's a little bit of a tighter game here. We got two points for the Thunderous Wizard, one for Captain Cash, and we are at question number five. How many times is the word or a variation of the word happen said in this movie? <laughs> is it A, 15 times, B, 25 times, C, 36 times, or D, 44 times. Do science, douchebag. That is Captain Cash. B, 25. That is correct. Ah! I, I, totally, I figured it had to be more than 15, but... That's a tie, folks. You guys are going to have to split that Motorola Razor in half, which is pretty easy. Damn it's, it. pretty, it's pretty easy to do. You just crack it. Yeah. You know. Captain top Cash. Half. Call, dibs on top half. I'll take there you, you for tiramisu. Nice. <laughs> what, what is my wife going to say, though? Just, I'll just, just enter me as Joey and your, and Joey. your new Motorola Razor. That's <laughs> terrible. Well, thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate uh, the excellent competition there. Uh, this brings us to the recommendation portion of the pod. And I'm going to go first here because I think I, by far, I'm going to have the best recommendation. I'm going to recommend a B sci-fi movie that warns society of a grave threat that absolutely defines this genre. And, and it's infinitely better than the crap that we talked about today. And I am of course, referencing 1951s, the day the earth stood still. Okay. It's a legit classic. And it gave us the famous line, Klaatu Barada Nikto. Um, it's a great movie. It's one of those things like my dad made me watch as a kid. And I'm like, I don't get it. And then you get older and you watch it again, kind of like it's a wonderful life. And you're like, holy shit, that's a really good movie. Um, it's an anti-nuclear war movie, uh, but it's still a B sci-fi movie with like a political, like social plot message. It, it works. It's great. Hey, the, it's recognized by the Library of Congress. So it's not just Chumpzilla's opinion here. This is a legit classic. And the director, I'll add, Robert Wise, He's also the guy that directed the original West Side Story, The Sound and Music, which I joked about earlier, and Star Trek, The Motion Picture. And I'll throw this in for an extra bonus. He was the freaking editor on Citizen Kane. So it's a decent flick. You should check it out. I think you can find it on Hulu for free. It's worth your time if you've never seen it. But please, please do not watch the remake with Keanu Reeves. That one's bad. Yeah, that one's Watch nice the too. original. Watch the original. Yeah. All right, that's my recommendation. So, gentlemen, what do you guys got? Somebody take the floor. Okay, so I've been shitting on M. Night Shyamalan the entire podcast, which is sort of unfair, but this movie is not good. Uh, so I'm going to recommend The Visit, which is one of his more recent movies, and kind of brought him back into the limelight uh, after a series of, of poorly received movies. It's about two kids who go to see the grandparents they've never met. And of course, hijinks ensue. Uh, I thought it was really good. Uh, you mean like Home Alone? It's a, it's a found footage movie, right? So like it's the, the kids filming a documentary about meeting their grandparents for the first time and slowly coming to the realization that everything is not kosher. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I rented it off Amazon for three bucks or something. And that was what I chose to do instead of forcing myself to sit through Lady in the Water just to spite Captain Cash. So, <laughs> no, 
fair enough. Fair enough. All right, McCheese, Captain Cash, what do you guys got? Give us something. I started watching the the Taika Waititi produced pirate show Our Flag Means Death on HBO Max. So far, pretty entertaining. Probably worth <laughs> if you like pirates and kind of absurdist humor. Not bad. So it's basically like what we do in the shadows, but but with pirates. Seas, yes, pirates. exactly. Okay, yeah. yeah, fair enough. All right, that works. All right, McCheese. I'm shocked nobody has said the fucking Batman. You cowards. Yeah. Yeah. Why we we don't have to say that. Everybody's gonna oh, see that movie. Because it's not that good. Because it's not that good. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. No, oh, okay. I'll also throw one back, Shamalam. Uh, we've mentioned it several times on the pod. Split is an awesome movie. What's his face in that movie is fucking great. Um, James McAvoy. Yeah. Yeah. And then also. I think in the last week, Stephen King released a new book um, called I'm Wendy's kidding. Final Task. It's not terribly long. It continues on, uh, you know, like a spur of the Dark Tower series. So if you're looking for additional Dark Tower content, it falls into there. So I'm in the middle of listening to that. I've got like an hour left on it. Hmm. Right on. It's good for a book. You, sh- you should have fought harder, Charles. That's. <laughs> 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 Oh. oh good times good times all right well thanks for the recommendations gentlemen and hey thank you listener again for joining us on tonight's episode uh next week we have the second installment in our hops and pandemic flop series we're taking a trip to raccoon city with 2021's reboot of the long-running resident evil franchise resident evil colon welcome to raccoon city I think that's going to be hosted by the Thunderous Wizard, if I'm not mistaken. Rock and roll. I love the games. I hate the movies. Hmm. Yeah. Does this one have Mila Jovovich in it? It does not. It's a total reboot. Mm, I'm already disappointed. So you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Insta at Hops and B.O. Flops. You can find me on Twitter at Chumpzilla8. Captain Cash is at C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most social medias. And the Thunder Wizard can be found at Twitter at Writer T-L-K. And McCheese, as always, can be found at, at H-B-O-F McCheese on Twitter. Please check out Wobam Entertainment at WobamEntertainment.com. If you enjoy the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to like, share, and subscribe. And don't forget to connect with us on social media to share your ideas for future episodes. We're always looking for recommendations. And remember, in the end, it'll just be a theory. We'll fail to acknowledge that there are forces at work beyond our understanding. To be a good scientist, you must have a respectful awe for the laws of nature and why Hollywood keeps giving M. Night Shyamalan millions of dollars to make bad movies. But to be fair, Split and Glass did really well. Good night.